Welcome to Between the Lines. I'm your host, Craig Cunningham. In today's episode, we have a conversation with Derek Haas. If you don't know him, Derek is a successful writer and producer in Hollywood. He's behind some shows we all know, like Chicago Fire and Chicago PD, but he's also written some blockbuster films, like Too Fast, Too Furious and 310 to Yuma. Derek stopped by the Beta Line offices to talk writing, what it takes to go from the page to the screen, and how he's staying connected to Baylor and aspiring film students. Let's jump in. I hope you enjoy. All right, Derek, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. All right, so you came to town for an event at the FDM department. Um, tell us a little bit about the event and how it went. Well, I actually, I, I came in because I wanted to see a basketball game. <laughs> um, and uh, I picked back in December... I was uh, I was just looking at the schedule and it seemed cool that Alabama was going to be here for the SEC challenge and I thought oh that sounds like fun and I was at a party and a friend of mine John Lee Hancock who's another Baylor alumni who's a a big um, director out in Hollywood I saw him and I said hey I'm going to go to the Baylor Alabama game and he said I'll come too so I called um, our friends over at FDM. Elliot and Corpy and Carbonara and said, hey, we're going to come in to Waco for this Baylor-Alabama game. Um, do you want us to come by uh, and talk to students? Because I usually do, and I'll come in and just talk to a class of 10 students. And then when they heard John Lee Hancock was coming, they ended up uh, setting up a much bigger <laughs> uh, scenario. And so we came over on Friday afternoon and spoke to, I don't know, it was probably 100, 150 people inside, 101 Um Castellan, Brian Elliott just fed us questions and we talked back to the students. Very cool. So when I was a student at Baylor, 2008, you actually came and spoke to one of my classes. Oh, wow. Uh, it was a screenwriting class with Brian Elliott. Oh, my gosh. So, wow. Yes, yeah, so you've been doing this for a long time. 11 years now. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. What's, that was... what's the motivation? I mean, why do you, why do you keep coming back? To well, talk? when I was at Baylor and I wanted to be a writer and um, I, didn't, I don't remember... Um, any alumni coming back and saying, hey, this is a job, you know, there's a job for you in Hollywood. But Baylor always had good speakers. And I remember Ken Burns, the documentarian, came over. And uh, Maya Angelou came, came to visit campus. And I just always thought if I ever had any kind of success out in Los Angeles, I would try to come back to Waco and talk to the students and say there's a way to get from where you're sitting to, to where I'm sitting. And, um, yeah, so I, lo I love to do it. And, in fact, I've been lucky enough to, um, when Chicago Fire started, which is the show I work on, um, Elliot and uh, Corpy said, hey, can you, can you have Baylor interns? Um, and I said, well, if we get picked up to series, this is back in 2012, if we get picked up to series, I'll see what I can do. And so they gave me the names of a couple of students who were going to be juniors and going into senior, senior year, and we did get picked up to series, and I told our line producer, I said, hey, I've got two Baylor students who are going to come be interns this summer. And he said, uh, you're not allowed to have interns anymore, and um, there's some lawsuit going on, and they won't let you do it. And I said, well, John, figure it out, because we're going to have two. <laughs> and so he made them minimum wage PAs, and they came to... Um, out to uh, Chicago, and they, you know, they have to find their own way there and, and a place to live. But we got them on the show, and they uh, worked from, like, middle of July to go back to classes at the end of August. 
and did six weeks, and we've been doing that ever since. And Brian Elliott um, and Corpy tell me the names of two two juniors, and they come out, and I always call them and say, "Don't blow it for the ones coming after you." <laughs> and they've worked hard, and in fact, um, one of them. Uh, the very first one um, was this woman, Rachel Armstrong, and she wanted to be an actor, but she wanted to get the lay of the land on how to do Hollywood. So then when she finished, um, she came out and was my assistant on the show in my office for a year and a half. And she kept uh, doing auditioning and trying to be, you know, um, taking classes and doing improv and all that stuff. And then this year, we had a part for a bartender and, you know, she had put in six years on the show, basically, over the time. I said, uh, hey, if you can get yourself to Chicago again, you can be the bartender. So, actually, the very next episode that's going to air a week from Wednesday, we have a rerun this week, then a week from Wednesday is uh, Rachel's debut How cool. as a bartender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very cool. So, so, when you come and talk to students, what are the main questions they ask you? What, is, what does everybody want to know from you? A lot of times it's how do I get started? How do, how do I even find an agent or, um, you know, get, get my script into directors or producers' hands? Um, is it better to, should I move to Los Angeles? Get that one a lot. Um, you get the, uh, oh, what, what was it like taking screenwriting here? Um, should I change majors? I hear that all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, but a lot, often about the shows too, you know, about or a movie that we've done. Um, what was it like? And then you always get the, uh, you know, the actor question. <laughs> yeah, what's so and so like? What's so and so like? Are they nice? You know, those kind yeah. of things. So people talk about getting their break. What What was your break? Well, in uh, nineteen ninety eight, I had written a movie script. I was working in Atlanta working in advertising, and um, my good friend from graduate school, Michael Brandt, was out in Hollywood trying to be a director, but he was editing, and he was working on this movie, The Faculty, with uh, Robert Rodriguez. It was a little horror, horror movie. I remember that movie. Yeah, and he was working in Austin, and I had this idea for a script, and, and I sent it to him, and we started working on it together, and then he gave it to a couple of friends, and then they kept passing it, uh, up the ladder, so, so to speak, and um, suddenly Brad Pitt, of all people, wanted to do this movie. That never got made, but but when Brad Pitt wants to do your movie, all of a sudden we were on the front page of Variety, and the movie sold, and I moved to Los Angeles, so that's what I always tell students. Just get Brad Pitt to want to do your <laughs> movie, you and then you're set. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so you've written some pretty high-profile stuff, 310 to Yuma, The Fast and the Furious, all that. Yeah. Um, and then you moved into producing a little bit. Yeah. Um, tell me about that move and why you, why you moved from writing to producing. Yeah, well, the first thing I produced was an independent movie that Brant was going to direct, and we both wrote, and I just figured if I could get attached also as a producer, then we'd have more creative control over uh, the movie, it was called The Double, um, which was a v big learning experience for us. We had only done big studio movies, and so this was a little, um, you know, $10 million um, independent film that when you, we weren't, we were used to pretty much having gigantic crew and not doing this sort of guerrilla filmmaking, and so all, we were thrown into the deep end from the first thing I ever did. Um, 
where if you left a location, we weren't coming back to that location. <laughs> so you better get your shots yeah. in. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We got to work with um, Martin Sheen and Richard Gere and Topher Grace. And again, it was it was it was a really good almost um, graduate school of of make, uh, being in film after ten years of doing it through the studios. Then when Chicago Fire started. Um, the way it works in television is if you're the writers are in charge as opposed to the directors because the because you're you're in prep on one and you're shooting one and you're in post on one and you have to be responsible for the story so you have different directors are cycling through at all times um and so because of that you're also a producer on the tv series and then and then the guy who's in charge creatively and pretty much of the entire production is called the showrunner and when Michael and I first did Chicago Fire, we hired one of our friends to be the showrunner because we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know how to make a 22-episode season. And then after three years, and we, we spun out Chicago PD, Matt Olmsted, our friend, went to do Chicago PD as showrunner. We stayed on and became the showrunners of Chicago Fire. And then uh, the last two years, I've been doing it by myself. Michael went back to making movies. He liked movies better. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you like movies better? Well, I just think the pace of it, you know, it was um, TV, it's just constantly, you, you're constantly having to have a new story and a new idea. And Michael loved directing, and he could only direct once a season because we had so much writing res responsibility. So, and he had a great idea for a movie that he sold to Fox right after that. So he was like, okay, I'm going to do this for a while. You continue to do that. Have you, have you enjoyed writing for TV? I love it. Yeah, it's it's fun because you, in movies, like I was saying, when you're a director, you, um, you, uh, you're in charge, and so you're in charge of the script also. And so as a writer, you're just trying to service the director. But on television, you, you have more time to tell your stories because you're telling them over a longer period of time. So not every single line of dialogue is essential to the plot. You can have fun uh, with it. And... And then they don't change a word because I'm the boss. So that's really uh, fun also. So while production is, is kind of at its peak, what does a normal day look like for you? Uh, when production's at its peak, I, my, our writing office is in Los Angeles, and then our shooting, we shoot everything in Chicago. And so I go out to Chicago about once out of every five weeks. And generally, if it's an episode I write, I'll go out um, for, the, for that produ the production of that episode. Otherwise, we send a writer out. For that, but a writing day for me will be in what we call the writers' room. We have a staff of, of six writers, and we break the story either over a, a, se a half a season's arc or just that episode. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's the A story, the B story, the C story, and it's six people bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, by the time we get to writing the episodes, we generally have a good idea of what we're what we're going to do in terms of here's going to be a humorous story, here's going to be the, the real heart of the episode, maybe here's a surprise or a twist. And we do a lot of that during the day, but then I also have to read scripts, read outlines, write my own script or write an outline if I have to, watch a cut of the show, watch the dailies from the night before, um, and then approve cuts. Cast, casting might come in with um, where I'm looking at the top three choices that our directors made for each part for that episode have to pick those. I might get a call from the line producer and he says, hey, guess what? It's going to be minus five degrees tomorrow, so we're not going to shoot the outdoor scene we were going to shoot. We're going to shoot indoor and might have to change the line of dialogue to make it match whatever's happening. So honestly, every day is different. There's no set day, um, and that's what makes it fun. 
The, uh, I've always wondered about the creative process in, the, in a writing room. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it makes a lot of sense to sit down and write a script because you control that whole right. thing by yourself. Right. But when you're working with other people, how does that process work? Do you enjoy that? Was it a learning curve for you? <laughs> it was a learning curve. I don't love it in that I don't like being the boss of other writers. It was never my um, my goal in life. I, I studied English literature and then got a master's here at Baylor in English literature, and I just wanted to be a writer. And the business side of it was never that interesting to me. I love the blank page and to be creative. So the first time that I had a writer's room, and you have a clash of personalities sometimes, people who are, you want to hire opinionated people, but then you want to bend them to, to what your vision is. <laughs> so that was always a learning, you know, how do I manage this? Uh, how do I tell somebody no? Um, because I was, all, you know, as the writer working on movies, I didn't like to be told no. So now I've got to be the one who persuades somebody to see it my way um, was interesting. But now I've gotten the same, like we have five writers now plus me. Um, three of them have been on multiple, multiple seasons, two of them since the very beginning of the show. And so now we speak a much shorter shorthand, but I still have to be the one who says, as we're breaking a story, oh, what if we tried this? Or don't really like where this is going? Or what's the surprise that's going to happen here? And if you don't have one, we have to rethink it. But when you have six smart people in a room, you can come up with um, some good ideas, hopefully. Well, yeah. we've been going for seven <laughs> seasons, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, you've, as you've had more success in your career, yeah. do you feel like there's more artistic freedom or do you feel like there's less artistic freedom? Um, there's... It's a little bit of both. There's more in that I'm working within uh, kind of a set parameters. We're, we're a show about a firehouse, um, so I'm not going to all of a sudden do my, you know, horror episode. Uh, <laughs> and so the show generally has a, it's not a format. We change it up a lot, but you're working with the same characters and expectations, and so that can be limiting. But then you're always trying to come up with a different way to tell the story. For instance, we have um, a story coming up in two episodes, and we thought, wouldn't it be interesting if our paramedics, um, the show's about a firehouse, uh, if our paramedics were off because it's Valentine's week, and they, they've all had their hearts broken at some point this year, and so what if they went on a road trip to Indiana, which is where one of them's from, and then because the show is Chicago Fire, they're going through the fog at night, heading to Indiana, and there's a giant um, bus wreck they come upon with some hockey uh, kids uh, coming back from a hockey game have flipped their bus, and uh, they don't have their equipment. So it's not like they're coming in their ambulance and they have everything. It becomes this sort of field, uh, you know, almost like an army field medicine that they have to do to save these kids. And there's other traffic coming. There's a farmer that's a little creepy um, out on the road. <laughs> and uh, so that's the way you mix it up even within the show that you're doing, which keeps it fresh for you. And I wrote that episode with a Baylor student who two years ago I came and spoke at Baylor. She was in the class about to graduate. And she said, I want to be a writer. And my assistant was leaving, a different assistant. Uh, and I said, why don't you come out to L.A. and just see if you like it? And I'm going to need an assistant in July. So she started on the show last year as the person taking the notes in the writer's room or going to get you know, the breakfast order <laughs> or doing whatever uh, a writer's assistant does, which is kind of a jack-of-all-trades, looking up research and those kind of things. And then she wrote a spec 
script last year, which I liked. And so then this year I said, why don't we write a script together to get her first credit? And that's, that's the episode that airs Valentine's Day. So all these different projects you've done, are there any themes running through them? Is there any consistency or things that you keep being drawn to? In yeah, all these different yeah, we do a lot of father and son stories. And uh, I think that's uh, something I think a lot of uh, uh, people deal with is as they grow older is seeing their parents in a, in a different light and, um, and how hard it is for a, a dad to try to influence a son or, you know, the conflict that can emerge amongst family. So I don't know why, but that continues to be, we did it in 310 to Yuma, we did it in Wanted, do it a lot in Chicago Fire, uh, Chicago PD. So yeah, I don't know, I don't know if that's a theme necessarily, but there's a lot of father and sons. And then my very first book was, um, uh, I wrote a book called The Silver Bear that was about a father, uh, a son who's a hitman who's going to kill his father. So, write into that what you will. I don't, I don't read into <laughs> <Yeah>. that what you will. <laughs> so yeah, I looked. I saw that you you also had written some novels as yeah. well. Uh, is that something you're still doing? Or yep. is it, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I've written six books at this point. Um, that first one was in 2008, so that might have been why I was coming to Baylor to speak. Was uh, was when that book was coming out. Maybe that was 2009. I can't remember. But then. Um, I've written five with the same character, which is this hitman named Columbus. Uh, the first one was The Silver Bear. Uh, the most recent one came out last year, which was called The Way I Die. And then I wrote one about a spy um, that was called The Right Hand. But the books, I had never really thought to put them, make it into movies. I just really enjoyed um, writing as novels. And then I got this call from William Morris a couple of years ago and they said, hey, this young screenwriter named Frank Baldwin wants to try to adapt Silver Bear into a movie script. I was like, go for it. Who can? You know, at this point, I'm working on Chicago Fire. I don't have time. Anyway, he wrote a great script. They got Michael B. Jordan, who's this young actor who's in Creed, and Black Panther is going to play Columbus. They just hired a director. Uh, Lionsgate's doing it. This director's named G Gerard McMurray, who I met with, who is awesome. And so, fingers crossed, you never know, in Hollywood, they could pull the plug right up until the day that you start shooting. Um, so uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed that this movie's going to get made and be fun. That is uh, really cool. Yeah. So 10 years later. It's 10 like, years later, and I wasn't doing anything. I, was, I had nothing to do with it. Um, but this uh, Frank Baldwin wrote a really, really great script uh, adaptation of the book. I think I might have been too close to it where I wouldn't have made some of the changes that he made. And the book's pretty dark. Uh, and they, I think they're going to make it a little more commercial, a little more like Bourne, um, John Wick, a little John Wick. Uh, yeah. That's the idea. Very cool. Are there any Are there any projects like that that you have, uh, maybe on the back burner that you're you hope maybe one day yeah. I can put a little more attention to that? Yeah, um, I had an idea for a television series. I, I love that show Lost, and oh, yeah. just loved the mystery of it. I didn't like the supernatural part of it as much as I liked kind of the social experiment that was going on that had been going on on this island. And I just thought, a buddy of mine had written a movie called Stanford Prison Experiment, which is based on um, this, this event that happened in Stanford back in the 70s where they put students down in the basement and they made it into a jail and they just randomly assigned some students to be prisoners and others to be guards. And within two days, they had to close down the project because it went 
they just everybody went super dark quick. <laughs> uh, it's a great movie. It's on. You can find it on Netflix or one of those if you're looking for it. Um, but I had read that. I mean, I watched that movie and was thinking about Lost. And um, anyway, so I had this pilot idea to do a hundred kids, 17-year-olds, Lord of the Flies style, are on a train going through the Pacific Northwest and for reasons that um, have explanations. They don't have any electronics. The train derails and they slowly realize maybe somebody is messing with them. Like this, mm. there's some sort of experiment. I don't know when I'm going to have time to do that, <laughs> but at some point uh, I talked to Dick Wolf and Peter Jankowski, who I do Chicago Fire with, and they like it. So maybe someday we'll, we'll write that one. Well, very cool. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for awesome. sitting with us. Uh, continued success. <laughs> thank we, you. We will, we will all be watching your stuff. Great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Go Bears. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bye. Well, that was Derek Haas. Between the Lines is a production of the Baylor Line Foundation, which was started in 1859 as a way for alumni to stay connected to Baylor University. To learn more about what we do, I hope you'll connect with us at BaylorLineFoundation.com. We'll see you next time.